We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, coming to you guys from Blue Wire Studios, the Wind Resort in Las Vegas. It is a fight week out here. Spence Crawford, tons of boxing. I woke up the crack of dawn today to cover Inouye versus Fulton. But today is not about boxing. Today is about UFC because the BMF title, a real belt. It's a thing, Dre. It's a thing. It is on the line this weekend in Salt Lake City, Utah, UFC 291. We have a guest on as well today, so we get to chop it up. And you guys, stay tuned. But uh, it's going to be one hell of a card, UFC 291. The last time they went to Utah was very fun. Usman went out there and got Molly Watts by a British man. Yep. And Leon Edwards. Two black men fought in Salt Lake City. That's it. It was prime for an upset. That any other sentence that you say that if it's not in the UFC, they're getting arrested every damn time. I mean, <laughs> one of them might get shot off a of sheer reflex. <laughs> they may have been arrested. I feel like someone was cage shot. I was like, Oh no, well, hold on. They're supposed to do that. This is sanctioned. <laughs> so they're, gang violence. they're back in Salt Lake. I didn't know it was a hotbed for MMA. Yeah. Dana White it's, must love it up there. Maybe they have some people he, he really likes. Maybe they, he has things in common with people up there. I'm not sure. sure. But he loves the area. You, sir, went to Utah every year for like well, seven I went to years Sundays, Yes, but that's different. You also love Utah. No, no, no. I don't. No, no. I don't love Utah. What? I like Sundance. Sundance is great because the whole city def- descends on Park City and there's parties and events and movies. I'm not going to be caught dead in Utah. For what? Me? Why? You went every year. I went to I school went to there. Sundance. If Sundance was anywhere, I would have went to Sundance. It just happened to be in Utah, which I learned very that, quickly. That's true. You bougie. There's a bougie. bougie aspect of there Utah is. that you do appreciate. No, there's not. Because you put that same Sundance in, like, I don't know, Tuscaloosa? I'm going. You're going to Tuscaloosa? Yes. You're partying? Nebraska? With, yes. With Bo Mac and Bud? Yes. If Sundance was there, sure. <laughs> Dude, it's Utah. Like, I would what am I love doing? to see a very hood Sundance. Like that, if Sundance could travel, like the NBA All Star Game, and it just moved every year. 
Oh my God. Sponsored by Tubi. Yo, but and Zeus. <laughs> but, don't you besmirch the name of Zeus. I will besmirch <laughs> Zeus, BLK Prime, and everything else associated with it. Well, you made other fights on Zeus. They are uh, point made. <laughs> a pillar of sports now. Because oh, <laughs> of sports. Because of Floyd Mayweather. It's ridiculous. And there's also strippers who fight on Zeus, if you guys aren't aware. Yeah, so the one. Yeah, Johnson's Cabaret. What's the girl's name? I don't know the girl's name, but she has a takedown like a beat. She comes out there and she comes out like John Jones. Yes. Like she trained in Dagestan. You can't tell me different. That's fascinating. Trained wrestling and Sambo in Dagestan and then trained stripping in Atlanta. One hell of a combination. Only on Zeus. <laughs> only That's on the only Zeus. place that shit belongs. Only on Zeus. So uh, also here in studio, you guys can't see her, but she is right over here. You guys will see her in a second. Carissa Maxwell, Sporting News, chilling with us in town for boxing. But um, we're making her join us for MMA today because if you guys don't know, and you guys can follow her on social media, by the way, please. Carissa's a troublemaker. <laughs> Outside of that. <laughs> she is also a brief resident of Utah. So before the show started, um, we're talking about the fight being in Salt Lake City, Utah, and what there is to do in Salt Lake. Carissa, you lived in Salt Lake, Salt Lake briefly. Very briefly. Couple months. Yeah, like I was supposed to be there a year and I died once. What do people do for fun? Um, well, if you're not part of the LDS church, it's very limited what you can do. Uh, I, I was there over the winter, so I did a lot of snowboarding and I tried to do a lot of drinking, but it wasn't easy to do. But I, I learned a lot about Utah culture while I was out there. You threw a term at me. I did. Because, <laughs> listen, I lived in Utah for a year and a half. Went to Southern Utah University, Cedar City. But that's still like Southern, uh, obviously, it's in Southern Utah, south of Brian Head for people who like ski and go snowboarding. But it's like the school is known for like a bunch of Jack Mormons going there. So like people go there when they just want to wild out and then they'll go on their mission and be upstanding Mormons after that, I believe. So, uh, but that's what our school was known for. You threw a term at me. I had no clue what it means. I, I never in a million years thought I would be discussing this on a podcast, but here we are. Um, so I, I, I did make a lot of Mormon friends when I was out there and they confirmed that this is real. So this is not just a rumor, but lovely people. Um, so so (laughs) correct me if I'm getting a little, too explicit here, but (laughs) so there's this term called soaking, um, in that it it is against the, the doctrine of the church to have premarital sex or relations or anything like that. So at Brigham Young University, it is a popular thing to soak, which is pretty self-explanatory when you think about it. It it just, it just kind of just soaks in there and there's no, there's no movement. You could use your imagination, um, but that's obviously I think that counts. That's well, obviously it counts. But here's where things get a little wild. Um, this is I cannot believe we're talking about this. Oh my god! So we got to know about Utah. Uh, this, is, this is prime. If if you're looking to get a little bit more out of your soak session, you could recruit a roommate, a friend, a, a trusted loved one. Um, to participate in jump soaking, which is when that third-party participant goes under the bed and creates movement, uh, fabricates 
gyration, if you will, so that there is friction during your soak session. Um, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I have educated you enough today. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm now picturing this. This is phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. So they've thought of everything. The ingenuity of what, of what that people have when you are uh, told not to do something is incredible. So in, in this, now I'm just thinking of like GSP, like delay and pray. Uh, so in MMA terms, I'm going to try to like wrap my, my mind around this. Two people are on top of the bed. One has top control. The, the, the one, other one is pulled guard on the bottom. They cannot move in advanced position from there. No attempting any submissions or anything. You must lay there. And instead of the other person being a referee and separating them, he would then go under the octagon, which is the bed, and then just push it up and down. That's, that's how I understand it, yes. <laughs> it's phenomenal. <laughs> just, so, that's, I mean, that's... I, listen, there's no losers in that. John Jones once hit under the octagon. Maybe he thought he was helping a soaking session. I don't even... I don't even know what to say. <laughs> they, they, they said he was running from Musada. Like, nah, like he had an entirely different purpose. John Jones knew something we did not. He was under the octagon. He has heard of what, Carissa? He's gonna fight and say Salt Lake City, next card, John Jones. If he wasn't going to New York, he'd be in Salt Lake. I <laughs> this now I learn something new every day. Every single day. Hmm. Today was that day. I feel like this still counts. <laughs> so, so how, like, I'm, I'm not one, like, I'm not the Lord. Like, I'm not judging these people, whatever makes them feel good. Um, the term is hilarious. But, yeah, that 100% still counts. Again, <laughs> like, if we're scoring this in MMA, like, fam, you still got the takedown. Like, it, it counts. Like, as soon as you hit the mat, it's a takedown. Like, you can't be like, well, I'm just here. Who signs up for this? To do the motion. <laughs> like, who's that guy or girl? Whoever does it. You're a good friend. Because I, I feel like at that point, one, you got to be in good shape. Because I don't know how long it takes. But two grown-ass people, like, I mean, like two, you got to shake a bet. That shit can't be easy. Can't be. Well, I mean. You're doing push-ups. The whole thing, though, is that they can't finish, right? So we don't know how long they're underneath the bed doing that. So they can't it's, finish. Yeah. So what do you do? Tell them, stop, stop, stop. I, I will let you know, as a man <laughs> and anyone listening, you are not in control of this. So, like, I, I don't know who deems, like, you can't do, like, and I don't know, like, the Mormon religion, but you just said, like, they can't have premarital sex or anything, and I'm sure any act is deemed shunned upon. That ain't lasting long. Like, this, this isn't a... 25-minute, five-round fight. This is like going in the octagon with Francis and Ghanu. Like, you getting out of here quick. So, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, how much of a controlled environment that is. That is Salt Lake City. Listen, I, I, only thing I knew about Salt Lake, I drove up there. Listen, fuck it. We don't care that much about MMA today. It's a boxing <laughs> week. Uh, so the only reason I've been to Salt, Salt Lake is I story time. When we started doing this podcast, we are a month into this podcast. Uh-oh. Yeah, it is a whole different type of Kel. I was on demon time back then. 
Uh, shout out to my wife. She saved me. Amazing. So it was before I got with my wife, I think I met her three months, two months into this podcast. It was right before then. We had our first episode of this show. And a girl, like we took pictures in MGM, I think, for Mayweather, Pacquiao week or something like that. It was probably before that. We were prepping yeah. for the show. And we posted a picture at Insert Coins of us doing the first show. I think shout out to Ryan McKinnell, Big Mac came yep. through everything. And we were in there and the girl hits me up and she was like, oh, you're a journalist. I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, that show looks so fun. And people didn't know what the hell podcasts really were still at this moment. So she was like, oh, that looks so cool. And you guys are doing a show from somewhere. And I was like, yeah. And then she was like, oh, you right? And I was like, yeah. She was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And I had left our show. It was a Chris Brown show the next night. And I talked about it on our first episode, if you guys go back. I was like, yo, I'm going to watch Chris Brown. It's Chris Brown, Trey Song. And I was going to write about it. And they gave me two tickets as media to write about it. I had no one to take. I'm single. I didn't, I was whatever. I posted on Twitter. I was like, yo, if someone wants an extra ticket, hit me up. The girl who had just found out I was a journalist DMs me. It's like, I'll drive. I'm in Salt Lake. I'll drive down and go to the Chris Brown show with you. I was like, yo, if you get down here, have at it. She was like, I had nowhere to stay. I was like, you can crash in my crib, I guess. So long story short, she drove down. Came to a Chris Brown concert, bounced. Came back down the next weekend, me and her chilled. And then she was like, yo, I need to get back home. Can you drive me? She flew down. I was like, all right. I drove her back to Salt Lake City. It was an eight-hour drive from Vegas. Yep, drove to Salt Lake City. Eight-hour drive. It took an hour and a half to realize she was annoying, annoying as fuck. Most annoying girl arguably I've ever known in my life. So then I got six and a half to go. She annoys me for six and a half. It starts snowing. It's March, early April. Starts snowing. I got to get a hotel room there. She then insists to stay with me in the hotel room. She tries to bring her child to the hotel room. What no, is going on? There's no one Wait, watching Where did the, the child come from? She Hold had on. a kid. Did the child just Lake. fall out of the sky? In Salt Lake, she had a kid. And I'm just like, yo, you wait, just been leaving your kid back every up. weekend? Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. I'm she, like, yo, this is not going down. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. She came down. Yes. She flew. Flew down. Second weekend. With no way back. Zero way back. But she didn't have this kid. No kid with Where her. Where the fuck was this kid the entire time? <laughs> it was with her sister. Where's her sister? In Salt Lake City, obviously. So you were driving up. Yes. To get her back to Salt Lake City. And you guys have to stop because it's snowing in Salt Lake? Yes. We made, I drove through the snow. Made it to the Salt Lake. Boy, you paid a hefty price stay, for companionship. I had to stay. I had to stay the night. I was, I was dumb. I had to stay the night. Again, she was just like, oh, I'm back. I got to go pick up my kid. Maybe I want to stay the night at the hotel room. I can just bring him. He'll sleep on the couch. I was like, you're not bringing your kid here. Long story short, her sister kept the kid for the night. She annoyed the fuck out of me. So the next day, I wake up. I'm like, yo. I got to hit the road. I just want to eat. She's like, oh, well, yeah, do you have to go? You can stay in. I was like, no, I'm out. And then she's like, all right, let's just go eat. So she took me to a place called King Burger. Crown Burger? Crown Burger, King Burger, something like that. Either one. And they have like double cheeseburgers covered in pastrami and a bunch of fry sauce, which is like their shit up there, I guess. 
It's one of the best burgers I've had in my life. Mm. All the bullshit I went through those two weeks, entire two weeks, as annoying as she was, I took a bite of this burger. It was worth the entire trip. That's a lie. <laughs> the That's... entire trip. <laughs> this burger was so fucking good. I was like, you know what? I don't dislike her as much. <laughs> and it was because of the, the burger was the, the pastrami hit so hard that I was like, yo, you know what? I ended up seeing her one more time after that. That was that good that you Off she was so annoying you were just gonna see her again. Off the strength of the burger. You're a special kind of guy. It was that was me in Salt Lake City. And then yeah, and then thankfully. My wife stopped curving me and actually went out date on with me like a month later, and I didn't have to talk to the girl again. Hmm, but at least you had a king crown burger with pastrami. Yes, it reminds me. <laughs> I mean, Chris and went here. I don't care. It reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where Elaine is it's the one with the yada yada yadas, <laughs> and uh, George. Ask Elaine, like, yo, could a woman really yada yada sex? And Elaine's like, yeah. And she tells a story. And she's like, I went out with this guy. He took me to a restaurant, got the lobster disc. We went back to his house, yada, yada, yada. yada. And then George is like, what? And then Jerry's like, you can't do that. You can't yada yada over the best part. She's like, I mentioned the bisque. And it's like, that's, that's the story. It's like, it's like, nah, like the burger is the highlight of my trip. And there's nothing else to mention. Oh, that <laughs> is the, the pastrami burger in Salt Lake City is that damn good. Yo, you are on some other, because there's no way. I we, wasn't soaking. We, like, we, <laughs> we, can talk, we can start talking UFC in a minute, because I know listeners are like, what the fuck? Y'all? But They've been here before. It's not the first time have. on the show. You had a, a, a woman. Yes. Fly down with no way home. First off, she flew herself. That, I, 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 I'm just saying, you didn't, you didn't fly. She flew herself. She bought a one-way ticket. One way. She was like, I, if I don't get home, I'm just here. Yeah. And I leave my kid behind. 100%. And you, being the nice guy that you were, was like, I'm going to drive from Vegas to Salt Lake City and back home to drop her off? Back home by myself. That's I, I couldn't. To be never. fair, I wasn't affording a plane ticket. So I was just like, I mean, look, you got my, here my yourself. My car was my only means. I'm not, this, I know this might sound bad, but if like, <laughs> I didn't ask you to, to come to stay, like, I would assume somebody coming out to see me would find their way back home. I wouldn't think I have to drop, dropping you off back at home was like a 15 minute drive. Like, if I, like, drive from North Las Vegas to Henderson or some, something like that. But you had to drive from Las Vegas to I've Salt Lake about City. about her on this show like eight years ago. I'm pretty sure of it. So, this is why I was nice, and I was an idiot back then. But two things, and hot takes aside, my hot takes were great. I wasn't an idiot because of the hot takes. But what? Because <laughs> uh, people are gonna be like, "Yo, you were an idiot eight years ago. You could just listen to your hot takes." Yeah. Like, no, the hot takes were fuego. But no, no, no. Just I, separate I was, the two. Yes, I was an sure idiot for this reason. One, it was, and it sounds stupid now, but I was like twenty six. Uh, it was my first time having like. Uh, fan groupie experience where she was like, oh, you're a journalist. Oh my God, I love that. And I was just like, oh, I'm smitten by this. Like I've never, I've never had oh someone just God. like think my job was like so cool that they wanted to just bring themselves somewhere. So that was one. And then two, and this is like even worse is I remember, and the reason she came down with the one way flight and I didn't even care and I didn't even think about it. We we're at the Trey songs, Chris Brown concert. And she'd gotten back from Miami, kidless as well, I believe, like recently before then. And she was like, oh, look, and she was staying in Chad Ocho Cinco's crib. They were just friends. 
but she had pictures in his crib. Hold on, hold on. And then she w- she had um, texts, and the texts were coming in, and Marcus Jordan was one of them. James Harden was another. And uh, I forgot the other guy. But and there was, like, another, like, basketball player. But um, she was impressed was with you being a journalist. 100%. Okay. And I was just like, yo. <laughs> like, I was like... And they were hitting her up like, yo, when are you going to come see me again? Like, I miss you. I'll fly you out, blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking, I was like, yo, I'm not even paying for her to come see me. Like, she just did it off the strength. And all these guys are flying her out. And I was just like, well, fuck it. If, like, James Harden wants her and he's, like, willing to pay for it, like, I get this, like, for the free 99. Like, I'm feeling myself. I think I'm, like, the best shit since sliced bread. So that's what I was just like, all right, yeah, you can come back, like, the next Bro. weekend. Like, so Bro, I, I feel like this. this it was young in my lady, head. It was like a wild flex. I feel like this time. young lady had some dudes and just named them James Harden and Chad Ochocinco on the phone to impress you. No, she's actually. Uh, she had a sugar daddy. I could put her whole fucking business. I don't care about her. She had a sugar daddy at that time as well, who worked for like Fox News, some black dude uh, who looked like Carlton. And then, uh, fast forward, long story short, she uh, wrapped him up in like the Me Too shit, like two years ago and like he lost his job at Fox News so like the people in her phone were very legit and she had pictures with like Marcus like it's not like they were just fake names like she got like pictures on her IG with all these people and uh they yeah, these guys will fly her out I, in hindsight I'm not sure if she was an escort or not like I, I don't know her profession <laughs> I mean but, she flew down with no way home yeah you'd think she'd have more money for a round trip ticket so maybe not but I mean these guys were flying around and I didn't fly her out she flew herself out that poor kid <laughs> the, kid, the kid was like, where's my mom? Uh, yeah, his villain arc definitely started during that time. Like, if this was an he's anime. He's coming for you on some Kill Bill shit. <laughs> Kale Dansby, I'm looking for you. Nah, fam, I got his mom home safe and sound. I'm good money. The, the, go to the other guys. I drove her back. I was right. done. But yes, the King Burger was like the best part of that entire thing. But that's, that's the only time I've ever been to Salt Lake City. So That boy. <laughs> it was I don't lost. even... Look, uh, somehow we went from soaking to that, and then everyone yeah, we knows talked a about, lot about us. This is weird, man. <laughs> it's weird. So as we're recording this podcast, today is Tuesday. Yes. When I woke up this morning to watch the Inouye Fulton fight, <laughs> I jumped in our group chat. and that was talking a whole about, different story. You guys were talking about Blue Chew. And, yeah, the and, owner of Blue Chew is racist. Yeah. It's and, a damn shame by that guy. And Can't even take a Blue Chew ad no more. But, boy, we had just a weird... <laughs> it's the, been a, the, the chat was weird. It's been a day. This is weird. I don't, <laughs> it's, it's been a day. I went to San Diego for one weekend and came oh, home and y'all didn't know. No, but who out. knew this, like, many weird-ass things happened in Salt Lake City. Yeah, now we're talking about soaking, and then you just talked about some girl who just got a one-way, but she knew Chad Ocho single, but she couldn't find it. She lived in Salt Lake City? Salt like, Lake what? City. Her uh, sugar daddy lived in Washington, D.C., for, like, Fox News or something. I'm baffled. Like, politics or some shit. Yet, it's weird, because I also remember her, like, paying for a lot of things. Except like getting gas. Everything but going home. home. She only dealt with cash. She did not. I like, don't know. Her she only dealt with cash. Her ca- and it was before Cash App. I don't know. Was she getting like Western Union transfers? I don't know, fam. It was it was a weird time. In my life. We just started the pod. I was busy. Yeah. I, I didn't ask too many questions. But I was I was I'm telling you that was my thought process. Was I think she might be a groupie, but she's a groupie for all these guys with a lot of money. So you felt like, so your ego was like. Yeah. Through the roof. Through the roof. I'll drive you home. Yeah, there's a Joe Button line. He's like, uh, something about James Harden in your text. And 
I was just like, every time that line hit after that shit, I was like, I get it, Joey. Like, oh I get it. Like, I get it. Like, James, one, look at me like I'm crazy. James Harden is everywhere. He was Zion before Zion. This motherfucker's everywhere. Evidently. So, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what she's doing with herself now. I don't know. Hopefully her child is fine. I hope she ain't listening to this podcast. Uh, she might be. She I don't know if she's still a fan of the like, podcast. My kid is fine. Don't she, you worry about my child. <laughs> she knows it exists, obviously, because she, she was smitten she by this. It exists. Yes. And it's ridiculous, but that's how they give it up in Salt Lake City, I guess. Right. So, so for those of you who are just joining us on this podcast, <laughs> this is a UFC podcast. It um, ties in. Sure. Soaking. Kids getting left behind. Trey First songs off, Chris Kristen Brown. said her friends told her about this. I, mean, I didn't ask a million questions about the friends. No, I'm just we like, just, did they do it? Like, I don't, I don't. How do they know these things? I don't, I don't know. I didn't ask any <laughs> questions. <laughs> I, I didn't want the details. <laughs> All right, well, Chris is smart about this. Yeah. Yes, and tandem soaking. It's like a. It's not the boxing show, but there was tag team boxing this past week on the zone. I feel like it can't be so many parallels. So many. really, there's. There's a lot. There's a like, I feel like if we're being like generous, 50% of the crowd at UFC 291 probably knows what the fuck soaking is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, they love of, Kamar Usman. You see Trump's clip on USC? What? <laughs> like we're, we're bringing it full circle. Trump. They interviewed Trump, mm-hmm. uh, which and is, they, they put it on like YouTube or something. I've never seen it. I've never seen any sports organization trot out a politician like Dana White does with Donald Trump. It is insane. It's his homie. Like really? And yeah. I'm like, who the fuck wants to hear Donald Trump talk about anything? MMA. I don't even know. It's, I don't think he knows that. It feels gross. It's weird. He's not a great like 
orator. Like, I don't necessarily no, need to like, hear him speak. The fact that we went from Barack Obama yeah. to Donald Trump, in terms of just orators, like, you don't even talk about the politicians. That's cool. Like, <laughs> it's weird because people really disliked, like, W, like George W. Bush, right? He couldn't talk either. He couldn't. But his baby face turned out of office. Like, him and Michelle are besties. Like, they play, like, patty cake and shit. They share gum. Like, there's just a photo going around where he's, like, iced out and shit. Like, people kind of like George Bush, right? Like, now, right? Like, he's become, like, cool. You know why? Because he shut the fuck up and he just went away. And he was like, yo, I'm just chilling. And then people were like, okay, I can respect it. No one wants to hear him speak. He doesn't have to speak. Go do, like, best friendship with Michelle Obama. Cool. Complete rebrand. Him and Tyson. Complete rebrand. Donald Trump is not doing it. No. It's not going away. So what do you say about Kamaru Osman? <laughs> so they asked him. They're like, oh, well, you've been at a couple fights. Like, you like the product? He's like, well, yeah. He's like, uh, I was at a fight. He's like, I watched that, uh, that Usman fellow. That Usman fellow. <laughs> fight. He's like, I like him. I, that's, that's a guy, you know, he speaks very well of me. He speaks highly of me. Anyone who likes me, I like them. But it's funny because the fight he went to was when Usman beat the shit out of uh, Kobe Covington. And Kobe, like, loves him. Didn't mention Kobe at all. Hmm. Like, oh, I saw that Usman fellow. Because like, he's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Trump, Trump doesn't like the losers. Kobe God. was somewhere just crying tears. Like, meme-level tears. I don't, dog, I don't. It is really hard. Like, we talking about the UFC today, and we're talking about Salt Lake City. Like, there's so many things that are red flags for us covering this sport. Bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to this fight. Let, let's, I mean, let's talk about today. What happened today? Um, well, last night somebody yeah. sent us the the clip of Keith Lee, not the wrestler, <laughs> Kevin Lee's brother, who is the food critic out here in Vegas, who has done extraordinarily well on TikTok. Yeah, like team Vegas TikTok. Sean Strickland called him racist, and Keith Lee went out and defended himself. Meanwhile, Sean Strickland is a racist, a former neo-Nazi. Is he? Yes, he self-proclaimed a former neo-Nazi, which I feel like all those tendencies don't leave you alone. So, yeah, Why exactly. would you admit? Who asked this? Like, Dude, did he a, just volunteer? Like, yo, I'm a great person now. You know, I used bruh, to be a neo-Nazi. But, so, like, that's how you know I'm good. The UFC is like a safe haven for this shit, right? Like, you can get away with it, and people go, aw, and why aren't you one anymore? Welcome back. Like, that's what Dana would do. American but, History X. Yeah, with Edward Norton. Yeah, <laughs> curve stomps, all that shit. But he posts, so... Kevin Lee talks about like all the people are in his mentions. It's calling him a racist and all these things. And like, he's like, none of this happened. And he calls two people that was like, this conversation didn't happen because yep. Strickland accused him of saying that he didn't like white people. Yes. In a sensible conversation that Kevin Lee was just like, I don't like white people, which sounds ridiculous to begin with, but he's got to defend himself. And I'm like, yo, and I tweeted like, this has got to stop. Like this is out of control. Like this rhetoric that is being pushed by Dana White and allowing these things to happen it's problematic because you're creating an atmosphere that makes black people uncomfortable. Minorities in general. Women, too. The yeah. Strickland's awful with women. Makes everyone uncomfortable unless you're in a very specific bracket. Like, if you're, like, 20 to 40 if white male. Yeah, storm the capital. You're, you're very comfortable. So If you're not in that bracket, like, you're, you're probably wildly uncomfortable. And you, I don't know too many minorities who, like, attend shows unless they kind of still want to be in that bracket. It's, it's, it's so weird. But I tweeted that and like my mentions are filled with people calling me a racist and anti-Semite, which I was like, where did that come from? Um, He's not Jewish. I know. <laughs> uh, I was called the N-word. Like I was like, I'm just looking. My mentions are a disaster. Because before when like I was verified. Like like Israel Adesanya. 
a little bit both a little bit of both yeah because you know it's like people with avatars and i don't know what they are they could oh, be anything okay. it could be a black dude just yeah. Israel Adesanya. so it's adesanya said it i can say and it. it feels like elon musk is part of the problem too because you know once upon a time when i was verified i can filter all this bullshit oh no this happened on x yeah now it happens on x how creative is that <laughs> but it's like my mentions are filled with all this we're heading into fight week and it's such a, a, a shift. We have UFC 291, BMF title on the line in Salt Lake City, Utah with Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier. Two of my favorite fighters. Two of the nicest guys oh, in I, sports. I love Dustin Poirier. I think Justin Gaethje is a great fighter. He's been around Trump too much for me. He's a weird guy, but he's very nice. We were talking about someone else on the show. Donald Cerrone's a Donald nice Cerrone. guy, but it's just like... Nice guy. It's hard. I it's, can't... Yeah, like I hosted the Hall of Fame with him and yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at him and I'm like, I don't know if you like me. Yeah, but you're so nice to me. <laughs> right. But I can't fuck with you like well, that, like that. Well, because what always... Like, I don't think you might... You might not hate me. Well, no, no, no. But I don't know if you like me. Here's what it, here's what it is. It's always those, you're not like the others. Yeah. That's how you're viewed by those people. Oh, you're not like the others. I am the others. So you got to like all of us. It's like, it's not, I'm not like any it. different from the others. Like, like growing up, that's what I used to deal with. You're not like all the other black people. I am all the other black people. What are you talking about? So I feel like when I meet these people and they was like, oh, when people say stuff like that, oh, you're not that bad. The fuck does that mean? What did you expect? <laughs> a little bit backhanded comment. It is. <laughs> so it's like when I see somebody like Donald Cerrone, I'm like, I don't know what you think of people like me. Yeah. Because I'm sure you hate the Mike Jacksons of the world, right? Everybody hates Mike Jackson now. Yeah, everyone. It, right, like Every white guy in the UFC, and I like Mike Jackson. Too bad. Yeah, man. if you listen to this podcast, you don't like Mike. You've Mike been on Jackson. the show several times. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, but <laughs> here we are. Like we're going to UFC two. Like two Sean Strickland is not Donald Cerrone, though. I will say there's no. levels to this shit. But there's Kobe Covington, a nice guy. Look, dude, Kobe Covington, Henry Cejudo, uh, Jorge Masvidal. Like you run down the list. I mean, of- they've also been with like the Czech dictator dudes. Like they shooting rockets <clears throat> and shit. They just go wherever they think money will come. Kind it, it, of. I'm just like, saying, it's just so crazy. They're playing to their base, which is more sad than it is like racist, right? Like, now I'm just sad for you. Like, you got to be around Trump. You got to be around this dictator because, like, you think it's going to make you money. You but they think like it's going it. to make. I think they like Dana liking them. And they're just know, like, man. yo, I think he's going to like me more if I'm around the shit that he likes. Like, yeah, give me a bazooka. But bro, Dana's gonna think this is really fucking cool. How many of those guys? Like, me around. How many of those guys like Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate? Dana White just did Andrew Tate's podcast. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, that's a good amount of them. I think it's like bro culture. It's like his demo. It's alpha male bro culture. It's it's disgusting. Literally, it, there was a team alpha male like in the sport. Well, like, yeah, like yeah, it's, never it's, thought about that. It's like ingrained in the sport. But you have UFC 291 this weekend in Salt Lake City, like the whitest place in the world, right? Aside from like Idaho or some shit. No, and it's pretty white. It's pretty fucking white. But then you have, on the other side, in Vegas, where we're, we're at this weekend, the blackest fight of, like, the century. As long as you can get, yeah. I'm not even mad at Gaethje and no, 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 Poirier this, being in Salt Lake, because that's like, okay, like... No, that's fine. Yeah. And, like, that makes kind of sense. I don't like, know what kind of sense it makes, but I'm just, I'm just saying... It, it should be in New Orleans. It feels like these two promotions couldn't be polar opposites in terms of their, their base. Oh, yeah. Like, the people that are going to be at this fight this weekend versus the people that are going to be at UFC 291, very different people philosophically. I will ask you this, and it's not like devil's advocate. I just, I'm interested. Do you think Dana White would be comfortable at the Spence Crawford fight? Comfortable? He's rich. He, he would be, uh, he's above it. 
Yeah. A non-rich white person. Do you think like, because I wouldn't be comfortable at UFC 291 I'm not, I'm not, as like a paying customer. Bro, I'm not comfortable with a lot of UFC events. No, I mean, we go because it's our job. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. But like as a paying customer, I, like, I'm probably not going to pay unless it's like MSG show or Vegas show. Like, it's, I wouldn't pay because it's wildly uncomfortable to be around the fans. Their base. Yeah. Because yeah. this is not a, this is not. I wonder if like they'd be uncomfortable like coming this way. Yeah, it's this it's is not like, about the fighters. This is about the fans. And the and the base of each sport is cultivating. Yeah. And you gotta play towards the fans, right? Like that's what well, makes you. You don't your money. have to. I mean, like, you don't have to try Trump out. Like, dude, they try to Trump out at UFC two ninety, play the music, and Dana White walked him out. You don't have to do that. No, they tried that's him out like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Right. You could have a two by four and a <laughs> thumbs up. Oh, they would love that shit. But it's ridiculous. It's just it's so ridiculous how these two sports are so different. That some days I wake up and I'm covering UFC. I'm like, what am I doing? Chris is here because they asked me to interview Jorge Masvidal. I was like, I ain't doing that shit. Fair <laughs> did interview Chris. You know who you Chris did. <laughs> I couldn't. She had and good interview with John as well. Well, her Masvidal interview, and you know, he talked about his his aunt getting her titty blown off. Yeah, that was like the. I mean, honestly, up until the point we were talking about soaking, that was like the weirdest thing I've ever done <laughs> <laughs> in an interview. Was Talk to him about his aunt escaping communist Cuba. And he like so just nonchalantly is like, yeah, she was running across a minefield and a mine went off and it blew her left titty off. And now we call her Biggie Smalls and then just continues on with the story. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute here. Um, yeah, no, it was really, really weird. Does he like Cuba? No, no, no. But so he just loves America because he doesn't like Cuba. Well, That's how I'm fascinated by like Florida Cubans and oh. their... That's, love if, of if, patriotism. Yeah. If like, you want to go down that route, it's, that's a whole nother show. Their issue with Fidel Castro and Che Guevara yeah. being light-skinned Cubans and, and, and escaping asylum and hating communism to not understand what... Like, Fidel eventually became, like, not a great person, right? Yeah, but in no, the beginning, Che and Fidel, they championed any minority. They fought for, you know, freedom for other countries and liberation. But eventually, it, it was hard. Like, yeah. the, the shit that they did was they executed people. Like, it was, yeah. it was not pretty. So if you're a light-skinned Cuban that got your rights taken away, well, your privileges taken away, and you left to go to Florida, you hated Cuba. So when you heard the term communist and you like black people are communists, you just hated them all. So that's why it's very easy for them to hate Barack Obama because they like socialist medicine, even though Cuba had the best doctors in the world, even though like Castro and Che, they offer the best doctors to the world. But those people, they hated them. They hate socialist medicine. They hate socialism. They hate communism. They hate sharing. They come here. They like capitalism. They like yeah. Trump. They become Republicans and they hate everything else. So by proxy, it's like they kind of hate us too. That's like the skinny of it. Yeah, There's a much wild. longer version of it, but somebody like Masvidal, that's where they came from. Like they wanted to escape and find freedom in America and they hated communism and all this shit. So it, they, it's so weird though. Like, cause when I went to Miami, like little, little Havana, and then you go like three streets over and it's not by Haitians. It's like y'all live right next to like nothing but black. Like you're touching and your co- countries like are both very poor and oppressed. And you guys have like to escape to both coming here for a better life. Like Haitians aren't like that. It's so wild. The Caribbean in general is wild. Like being from Puerto Rico is like it's such a different thing. People hate Puerto Ricans. Like if you go around the Caribbean because they're like because we don't need passports and we get like de facto citizenship and shit like that. Hate us. 
And uh, Puerto Ricans really don't like people escaping like <laughs> off of their islands and coming to Puerto Rico, as they try to do quite often. Um, yeah, so it's just it's bananas. So like thinking of Jorge Masvidal, like in that section is like one. I don't know how you got on Cuba. You got one hell of an interview with Jorge, by the way. <laughs> like to even get like that in depth is like phenomenal. I, I I don't know. I mean, I had so many people, they're like, how did you keep a straight face? And I'm like, I honestly think I went numb because it was just so weird. And it was right. It was during the, uh, the week that Trump got indicted the first time. Um, so that's kind of how it came up. He was just going off about the bullshit indictments and then going off about communist Cuba. But you know, to clarify, he didn't come from Cuba. His dad did. Yeah, so, no, it's from here. Yeah, like, it's everything here. he knows is from his dad. And it was just funny because, you know, he's talking about his family's experience in Cuba. And his I'm not going to- With one, one boobie. Yeah, Biggie Smalls. Uh, and I'm not going to question their experience, but I'm like, wow, you really have like a really skewed perception of American history, Cuba's history, and what communism actually means. Um so it was it was weird, but going to the point you're making earlier about Colby Covington, Jorge did go off about how Colby isn't a real Trump fan, and he's only doing it to compete with Jorge for Trump's affection. Um, but Jorge wanted the people to know that he is like a true diehard. In fact, I don't know if you saw, but the day that Trump came back to Miami after he was indicted, Jorge was at Mar-a-Lago. And that was the day before he was supposed to fight in the UFC event that he ended up retiring. He lost yeah. and retired it. So he went from Mar-a-Lago to Miami that night before just so he could be there with Trump. And I'm like, it's probably not the best way to, no, to prep for a fight, but okay. So I think he's a true diehard. That doesn't, it doesn't make it make sense though. Oh my God. Him and Colby just fighting for Trump's affection. And Trump just being like, yes. I 100% believe Colby's, it's 100% a gimmick. <laughs> Which I, I think he I, loses I, his gimmick now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he worked himself into a shoot. But the gimmick pays. So you, you can't pull away from it. You'll lose your whole fan base. Yeah. No, no, you got to lean into but it. But I will say this. It wasn't on this podcast, but UFC used to have the, the kind of like open interviews, like fighter interviews during fight week and everything. And people would just be on like little chairs and you could talk to everyone. Kobe Covington wasn't this guy no. four years ago, five years. No, no. Well, yeah, about five years ago. Well, he adopted it because he needed a personality. Yeah, because he wasn't selling. He was boring because he wrestled everyone. Yeah. But, like, there was people, like, in his gym, like, he trained with a lot of minorities. Sure. He helped a lot of people in his gym. He wasn't an asshole. He wasn't hyper-Republican. He wasn't, like, putting people down. Like yeah, You never know somebody's, I mean. And it's okay to be Republican. You just don't got to be, like, I'm not a fan of, like, just being, like, off the fucking reservation, like, like yeah. you don't got to go full, you know, Trump is my hero. Like, it, he's just adopted the gimmick, and now you can't dial it back. Jorge is a different thing because he's just horrible, and he really believes these things. Yep. And now he's promoting bare knuckle and boxing and wanting to fight again, I guess. I don't know if Dana will let him fight Man, again. Him and Ben Askren had a back and forth today on Twitter. That's enough of these. On X. That's enough of these. Let's talk about UFC 291 so we can get out of here. We're going to give our predictions. Uh, This is actually pretty quick to go through the car. This has been a weird show, guys. (laughs) I love this show. (laughs) This this is like one of my favorites. You think Thursday is not going to be weird? Thursday is actually, no, not like this. We're not, there's no soaking in boxing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, God damn. It's like there's no crying in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> there's no soaking in boxing. I need to get a shirt. That's the word. <laughs> Boy. Oh, there's only soaking in MMA. Oh, my God. There's just people in the octagon not gyrating, just laying on each other. Oh, the merch opportunities are, are endless. So UFC 291 uh, prelims, I didn't know Jake Matthews was still fighting. Jake Matthews is on here. Don't got to predict that, though. We have uh, Derek Lewis. It's crazy what has happened to Derek Lewis. Hot. Well, it's not a hot take. Derek Lewis is now what Cain Velasquez became, mm-hmm. which is... As long as he's fighting outside of Texas, he's good. He's like C-level king. TRT, Belfort, the, the rest of the, you know, cocaine bones. Like, as, <laughs> there's just a different level of nickname and what you do to set you up for a fight. Like, if John ain't on the sauce or the blow, he ain't going to knock nobody out. You're going to get, like, Dominic Reyes when you're trying to get good guy John Jones. If he's just a fucking mess... He's going to stop someone like Cyril Gane in the round. Yeah. Right? Like, we, that's just how he lives. You need that. Derek Lewis, when he fights in Texas, some two, gets mollywopped every time. Yeah. Now he's in Salt Lake. There's not a lot of black people around. No, he'll barbecue be to distract him. He'll be fine. He's getting a knockout. Yeah. Marcus Rosario de Lima is getting knocked out by Derek Lewis. Yes. Like, first or second round. He didn't get him out. First. Of Derek got no gas tank. First round. It's probably also true. Yeah. Like, he'll talk about his nuts being sweaty or something. And, Tell Nick's in the booth. Nick, bet it. Derek Lewis, <laughs> stoppage. Let's make some money, baby. Oh, God. This, this is it. As long as he's outside of Texas, Derek Lewis is knocking someone the hell out. Then he's going to take his shorts off because his balls is hot. Yeah. Even though Salt Lake City is not a, a hot or humid climate. No. But he's, he's going to do it anyway. And then uh, Trevin Giles, who's going to join us here in a second <laughs> on a very weird show. I gotta, we'll talk to him about Salt Lake as well. Yeah. Um, but he's fighting Gabriel Bonfim, who's undefeated. 14-0, his first UFC fight. He submitted a guy in 46 seconds. Yeah, this might not be great for Trevin. It's not looking good. Um, I would like to say Trevin's going to win. Yeah, I'm picking against our, against our guest today. You've, I think if I went back, you've picked against the last five guests. I know, and it's awful. because they. I like, think you've been right. <laughs> that's the problem. But this, We're back on a losing streak. This we is, had a brief winning streak. I know, but this, this is the problem. Like, they set up Trevin Giles to put somebody over. Yeah. Hopefully that's not the case, right? But No, yeah. You stick it to the man. Yeah, you're fighting an undefeated man in the main event of the prelims. They didn't put Trevin here to, to win. Yeah. They put him there to lose. Hopefully he plays spoiler, but I'm going to If Trevin can keep it standing, Trevin has a good chance. Yeah. he's in, This shit hits the mat. And the shit is a fan. He's getting submitted. That being said, I think he gets submitted. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, that's going to be my prediction for that fight. Uh, I wish him the best, though, as I do with all of our guests. Michael Chiesa, Kevin Holland. So actually, this is a pretty good fight. It really um, is. Uh, Chiesa's good. I don't know. I've had brunch with Chiesa before, so it's a little hard to pick against Chiesa. It's a random note. Don't, that, Carissa, don't look at me That's like not that. why you pick. Um, oh, my God. Now, they, when, when, when a fight is close and two people are evenly matched, you pick the br- one that went to brunch with you. Brunch may may be in play. Um, not Kevin Holland's winning. Though. Yeah, I'm I'll picking pick big. against Kiesa. I didn't invite him to brunch. He just showed up. So, I'm yeah. picking Big Mouth. Kiesa was a giant lightweight. He's a pretty decent sized welterweight. But I think you know the longer the fight stays standing up, the longer it's bad for him. Kiesa 35. Yeah. Kiesa's like on. 
let's see what he's what he's had recently. Um, two fight losing streak. Yeah, Luke A submitted him. Sean Brady beat him. Sean Brady's a tough ass fight. But before then, he beat Neil Magny and beat Rafael dos Anjos. So he's and Diego Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. Um, only six losses though. I mean, he's no, but I'm still picking Kevin Holland. I am too. And Kevin Holland, if he just talks a little bit less, this would be a good fight for him. Like <laughs> yeah. if he talks too much, my fucking go. That means he's on the ground. He's going to get submitted. The UFC is forever in debt to Kevin Holland. Yeah, 100%. For taking the Kamaya fight on a day notice, yeah. And if you guys don't watch, listen to Veterans Minimum, Nick in the booth, Nick Diaz. He does uh, submission parlays that are phenomenal. And I feel like this card is right for him. So we had a submission last time. Kiesa by submission has to be stealing money. That's the only way he wins. Yeah. So if you need something there, Kiesa by submission, even though I do think he loses. Tony Ferguson, Bobby Green. Tony Ferguson's done, man. I don't know what the... But Bobby, Bobby got hands. We had Bobby on the show three times. They could have sent Bobby again for a fourth time this week. I love Bobby Green. Bob, Bobby's going to stop Tony. Tony Ferguson, unless he finds like the fountain of youth, like it's over. That chin ain't good. And nah. Bobby got hands. He got stopped by Nate Diaz. Like... <laughs> I forgot about that. Like, <laughs> bruh, you got to stop by Nate Diaz. Jake Paul about to stop Nate Diaz. Right. It, it ain't so trending well. MMA math, Tony Ferguson probably gets stopped by Jake Paul. Oh, that's probably true. I'd like to see them fight in PFL. But, yeah, I'm picking Bobby Green by stoppage. And I think if Tony Ferguson doesn't retire after this, I don't know. I don't know. What a huge drop-off. Man was undefeated forever. Justin Gaethje beat him within an inch of his life, and he hasn't been the same since. Tony Bellator after this. Nah, I think he's done. I think Bellator's like, nah, I'm good. No, you could get some more dough. I, I've heard they could use more money. <laughs> like so, I'm sure. So, so stop fighting is a is a little tough. Uh, Wonder Boy Stephen Thompson versus Michael Michael Pereira. This is a good fight, but uh, I still believe the the beating that Wonder Boy put on Kevin Holland. Oh, Wonder Boy's. Still, but that dude, he's like 40. Yeah, but Michelle Perez, like, his striking is great. This, this, if it wasn't for the main event, this could be fight of the night. But I'm picking Wonder Boy by second round stoppage. I'm giving Wonder Boy by decision. Pereira does a lot of dumb shit and, like, spinny shit, and it's not yeah. going to work. And then Wonder Boy is just going to outpoint him. That's, that's three, probably Three round fight. And then my fight of the night, which is weird, given the main event. Yeah, I don't know how you... Um, Jan Blahovich versus Alex Pereira. It's a cursed division. Pereira stops him two minutes. Mm. That power travels. This guy is built different. Izzy Adesanya is just that good. And this guy was beating the shit out of him several times. Like, Pereira's really, really legit. And Blahovich is great, but Pereira's huge. He's trained with Glover. He understands how to stop a takedown. Blahovich has nothing for him on the feet. He's going to eat that left. It's going to be night-night. Two minutes. Hmm. One, I'm surprised this is not for an interim title. Jamal Hill getting, you know, having to give up the title because there's injury. But I think Yuri is ready. Yeah, but he ain't fighting yet. So I'm surprised that they have an opportunity to put an interim title on somebody. They, I thought they would do it here because then the winner fights Yuri. No, but I think... And not that interim title hurts anything, right? Like, because they give that shit out like candy. Right. And the BMF title is not a real title. But when you look at this, I think it sets up Yuri and you give him a little more time. If they don't have anyone, if you're looking through 
like the roster to fight in Vegas in December. And last Vegas December was the same title in this division and ended in a draw and then Jamal Hill won it. But Yuri coming back on a card, he was supposed to fight Glover last year mm-hmm. in December. I, I think we have Yuri versus Glover's disciple in December for the title. And I, I think they just waited out and that's where you get that fight. I mean, that's why I thought this would be for interim title. Yeah, I mean, you could have, yeah, like interim versus like, but I, I don't think they care because it's not main eventing. If this was the main event of they this card, the, the interim title would have been on it. But they're like, fuck it, we got the BMF title and Dana loves the BMF title. And I don't think The Rock's going to Salt Lake. No. But maybe they have Carl Malone put the fucking belt on him. Ew. Would you be surprised? Don't that's, tell me. That's would would so- you be surprised? That's disgusting. It is horrific. But do you think it's not going to happen? I mean, Dana, I don't put nothing past him. Oh, Dana and the mailman seem like they could be thick as thieves. Yeah. How many kids you like today? <laughs> um, <laughs> pedophilia. Uh, let's go. This dog, I don't know, man. I feel like Jan Bohovic, we pick against him all the time, right? Alice Pereira has no ground game. Like, none. Like, negative ground game. Like, him and Israel Adesanya looked ridiculous when they were hitting the canvas the first time they fought in the UFC. Sure. Pereira has all the power in the world to finish Bohovic. Bohovic's striking is not that bad. If Bohovic can get Pereira down, this fight is over. Pereira's not getting No, up. I don't think he's subbing him, though. No, no, no. He's just going to pound him out. Pereira doesn't know what to do. You got to get him down three times. Nah, you only got to get him down once because he doesn't know what to do. Like, he got... And he'll probably get choked out. He'll probably give up his back in a panic and he'll get choked out. I just don't know if Bohovic will get close enough in enough time. Fuck it. I'm just going to pick you No, I'm going to pick Pereira because I want to see. You ain't going 15 minutes. You better choke him out because you only lasted 15 minutes no, with if, this guy. I, no, no. If I'm going to pick Bohovic, he's going to stop him on the ground. And that's another thing. You put an interim title on this, you got to go 25. Yeah. Jan's like, oh, listen, it's hard enough to go 15. I ain't yeah. going 25. I'm, dude, all he, you guys, he got Izzy in the last four minutes of a 25-minute fight. Nah, I ain't fighting this motherfucker God, in 25 Man, minutes. I don't know, man. If Blahovic can just get this fight to the mat, he wins this fight easily. Easily. Yes, but he took Izzy down. I don't think Izzy's a technical wizard on the ground. Not at all. And he wasn't submitted. He got back up every time. It, yes, it led to a win, but he had to take him down Three straight rounds. I'm just going to pick Alex Perez because I want to see Alex versus Yuri Bahashka. That's the only reason why I'm picking. Otherwise, I would bet on Jan Bohovic to submit Alex Perez. If I was a betting man, that's what I'd pick. But for the sake of this. Hear that, Nick? Another submission. I'm going I'm to pick Put in the Perea. ticket. And then Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje. I mean, come on, man. I'm we, just rooting for violence. I don't care who wins. Like, we don't have a clear-cut fight of the year. Now we do. Have we not had a banger of a fight? We have a, not a clear cut. Like, people said Moreno and Pantoja. Moreno, yeah, yeah, that, that was a really good It was fight. a good fight, but mm. we had Fazeev and Justin Gaethje, which was good. I mean, yeah. But this two, is a better matchup. Yeah. <laughs> the first time they fought, Justin Gaethje landed 50 leg kicks. Poirier's leg was chewed up, and he still managed to knock Gaethje out. I'm picking Gaethje in the rematch. I think Gaethje is going to be a little bit more poised. The leg kicks will probably come into play again. I don't know how much... Dustin Poirier has left. And I'm not saying because he's been in wars. I'm just saying eventually Father Time says, hey, hello, can't keep doing this shit, right? Like, Gaethje can. Gaethje's really? Gaethje's had more wars than him. Strangely Father enough. Father Time's creeping on both of them. Strangely like, sure. enough, Gaethje has spent less time getting hit in his last few fights. Okay. Tony Ferguson, he just beat the shit out of Tony Ferguson. Yeah, he ran through people. 
Uh, Even Fazeev, he put hands Yeah, on. he put hands over Fazeev. When he lost to Habib, he just got choked out. Hands weren't really put Dust on. Dust into. <laughs> right. But he didn't take a lot of punishment. Like, Fourier took a lot of punishment against Dan Hooker. Okay. That was a fight of the year type of fight. Fourier didn't take a lot of damage against Connor. I feel like if Gagey uses the leg kicks, I think we're just going to have like a three and a half round banger and maybe he finishes him. And I feel like there'll be a rubber match at some point. So give me Gagey by late stoppage, getting payback on Poirier. I'll go Gagey by decision. I just love good Justin Gagey. <laughs> but I like Poirier a lot too. But uh, I, like, I'm a Justin Gagey guy. I, I mean, I, I think as Poirier as a human being, I never want him to lose. No. Like, but still, like, yeah, I want to see a third fight. Yeah. And I think this is just the chaos in my brain and fantasy booking things. I think the UFC wants to go out with a bang in December. I think they find a way. Because as great as USADA is, it's fictitious. They work for the UFC. You can put someone in the protocol and you can not put someone in the protocol. You can make it six months. You can make it three months. We've seen that with Brock Lesnar. You do whatever the hell you want. Where are you going? They work for you. Justin Gaethje wins. He doesn't wait for a title shot. Justin Gaethje wins the main event in December. It's Conor McGregor versus Justin Gaethje. Stop. It is Conor McGregor, Justin Gaethje in Las Vegas. No. As the main event in December. No. First of all, you're not you taking throw that, Yuri you're not, you're not taking that fight away from Michael Chandler. One. Oh, 100%. No, no, I, no. I think there's zero want to in Connor to fight Michael Chandler. Dude. It's a wrap. There's it's a wrap zero for want for Connor to fight Gaethje. No, I feel like Connor. Gaethje kills Connor McGregor. I think I'd like to see it. Connor don't want to see it. Connor, I think. Connor could beat Michael Chandler. He can't beat Justin Gaethje. Okay, but I think Connor feels like Michael Chandler is just a bigger fight. I think. You don't watch tough. Nobody so. watches tough. I watch tough every week. I got to cover this. I got to well, pull clips. You watch it for work. Yes. Um, Nobody watches that shit voluntarily. Connor seems very disinterested with Michael Chandler. He's disinterested in fighting. As a person. That is not true. If Floyd Mayweather said he'd fight Connor again tomorrow, Connor would be like, where do I sign? That's different. That's like. You said fight? It's like $100 million. He ain't making that kind of money fighting anybody in the Danny UFC. gives Connor a title shot tomorrow. Connor's ready. Because he's making history and he's probably gonna make a ton of money. Yep. But Connor He says Connor, Leon, Crow Park, Ireland. Do you see all the things you have to do to get Connor to fight? Connor's like, Usada, show up to my crib. Connor's not fighting in December. In two weeks. I don't think Connor's fighting in December. I just don't think it's happening. I don't even think Connor's in fighting shape. <laughs> I mean, the guy's walking around a bottle of proper whiskey. Everywhere he goes. That, might be, fighting, his, that it, might be his final form. He ain't that might be Gaethje, his best shape. Nah, none of that shit you just mentioned. That shit. I just think Gaethje's, and Gaethje could wait because Islam. I mean, Gaethje's not promised no damn title shot anyway. Charles Oliveira, like. Oliveira's clearly fighting Islam. Yes, he's fighting Islam. And it's funny because I think Charles Oliveira, could, if he beats Islam, he should just fight for the BMF title. Because he's like, yo, I just beat both of these guys that have the BMF title. I want that title, too. Yeah. But, I don't, dog, I'm not, I have zero interest in Conor McGregor fighting any of them. None. Zilch. You just don't care about Conor McGregor fighting. No. But you like, are in the minority of the world. Because as soon as Conor comes back, he does like 1.5 mil pay-per-view. But when is he going to come back? 
I'm not saying that he does, bro. He ain't coming back in December. If he does come back, he does 1.5 million pay-per-views, and people are automatically right back in. Do you think he does 1.5 million pay-per-views? 100%. I don't. As long as he's not fighting Michael Chandler. I don't, I don't think he's doing I, I think, think so. the ship has kind of sailed on Connor. In terms of, like, over a million pay-per-views automatic? No. No. He does 1.5 because the intrigue is there. And is it? Who cares? A lot of people still care about Connor. And know. in my crazy brain, I think he could beat Leon – more so than he could beat like a Dustin Poirier rematch, or he's damn sure not being this. Faith in this guy winning a fight. That left hand is really big. When is it? When was the last time he did anything? I mean, I don't know. He's he's, he's a little heftier now, so I'm just if saying, you let him fight at 170. I get. What's his last knockout win? And I really don't like Leon Edwards. Um, Donald Cerrone. Yes, that was a good knockout. Shoulders. Oh my god. Leon Edwards, the champ. Kind of ain't beat no damn Leon Edwards. I think. I think Connor has a puncher's chance against Leon. Oh my God. You gotta stop. You you're the one that has people interested in this bullshit. Connor fights Leon January, February. Connor opens as a dog or a favorite? A dog. Nick, what's the odds? <laughs> He's a dog. Nick, Nick really? Yeah. Connor doesn't want to fucking fight. I don't think people give a fuck. The odds makers do. No, the odds maker do, but the line will move. And Chandler ain't winning shit. Connor Chandler was a pick him, and Chandler ain't winning shit. So he's a slight. How the fuck is he going to be dog. a favorite against the champ in a higher weight class? He's a slight dog. All right, I put, I put some good money on he's Connor. A two, I don't know why you got faith in Connor. Con- I think Connor stops Leon. Why do you think this? Based on what? I just don't like Leon. <laughs> just, that's that's I, not reason. I really, and I mean, I, it's not reason because he just beat the shit out of Kamaru Usman, who's way better than Connor. I just think that's a favorable matchup for Connor. Like, Leon's not going to take him down. He could, but I don't think he would. He will. I don't think so. Why? Because I think Leon does what a lot of champions would do, which is stand up. He didn't take Kamaro down in this rematch. I, I don't think he's going to take. He's damn sure ain't going to take Colby down because Colby's a great wrestler, cardiac. They have takedown defense. Connor has no takedown defense. Yeah, that's not great. Why are you doing this? Connor. Connor over Leon. I don't understand why you're doing this. It's just like you feel I'm like. I'm not sure Leon beats Kobe Covington. Uh, that's fair, but <laughs> I just feel like, why are you being messy right now? I just get to the end of the Leon show and was like. I'm picking against Leon every fight. He was like, yo, we got to close the podcast. I haven't been messy yet. Let me try Damn, to bring you, Connor McGregor back. Kamaev. I'm picking Kamaev over Leon. I, my disrespect for Leon is just egregious. I <laughs> see, but how do you respect Connor? He don't beat nobody. He beat people six years ago. Six years ago. It's been tough, man. He made a lot of money. You know the last time Connor was winning fights? When he was dropping that girl off in Salt Lake City. <laughs> that's horrific because I think it, like, <laughs> it lines I think, up. That, I think that timeline is. He was like, I was dropping her off in Salt close. Lake City. That's when Connor was a thing. Connor yeah. ain't winning shit. I think you're within six months of that timeline. It's been a long time. Bruh. So how can you just, how are you picking Cerrone this? Cerrone aside. Sorry, it's been yeah. a long time. Sorry doesn't count. But <laughs> not even giving him that. You just interviewed Cerrone in the Hall of Fame. I and did. Cerrone don't even count. Cerrone don't count. He knew, he knew what he was in for that night. Damn it, Connor. All right. So that's our um, predictions for that. Right before we get out of here, because we got like two more minutes, a couple of fights that have been announced. We talked about Islam, Charles Oliveira too, for Abu Dhabi, and then Paulo Costa, Kamayev at middleweight Abu Dhabi. <laughs> For, I mean, Paulo Costa is about to get fucked up. 
Right? <laughs> yes. They must have gave him the bag, though, because it's like in Abu Dhabi. Well, they keep moving the Costa fights around, right? He was supposed to fight a boss. Yeah, then they moved. They keep moving them around. They ended up in Abu Dhabi because they needed Kamayev to get a fight. And the problem like one of several places he can fight. And Kamayev, yeah. And the other thing is, like, Kamayev has been such a pain in the ass for the UFC because, like, dude was supposed to fight Nate Diaz and was like, you know what? I'm just going to miss weight by damn near 10 pounds. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't great. And force you to rearrange the card. So they finally give him a fight, but they don't really like Paulo Costa neither. So they're just like, all right, let's just <laughs> fuck them both. And you don't like either of these guys. <laughs> so Kamaya's going to beat the shit out of Paulo Costa. Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makhachev is interesting to me because that Charles Oliveira that fought Islam, that guy doesn't show up for this fight. He's not making that mistake again. No. I think... Can he make a different mistake? Like, Charles finishes Everyone else. I, I think Charles might win this fight. Really? Yes, I think Charles might win this fight and really piss Alexander Volkanovski off. I yeah, think Volk is really just waiting. Like, he's, he wants like, that fight so bad. He just is back. He had that surgery. He wants this fight. But I think Du Bronx, man, I think it was just a bad night. Where do you put that fight with Volk? Because you can't go back to Australia. No, I mean, could end up in Vegas. My bad. If you did Charles Oliveira and Alexander Volkanovski in Vegas, I'm here for that. Or not even Charles. That might be in Brazil, to be fair. Like, I think there's a Brazil Good. card every, like, Depends. January. Because Volk got the last one home turf. But if Islam wins... Well, I don't know. I don't now, know. Now you're stuck, right? There's, there, it's a timing thing, right? Islam's fighting in October against Charles Oliveira. Volkanovski just had surgery. He'll be ready around October. Yeah, I think December he, is Vegas. Every January is usually Brazil. And yeah. then February... February is a toss-up because February is usually like, um, usually Australia, but we have Super Bowl here this year. So it's like if you can book Vegas for the Super Bowl, do you? Bob Arum just said Top Rank's trying to book Shakur like for the Super Bowl. Everybody's trying to eat. Fight weekend. Yeah, like so it's one of those things where he's like, yo, I want to book like a big fight for Super Bowl. He said he wants Shakur. Maybe Shakur Loma would be like Super Bowl weekend. Like, That'd be so big. does the UFC like try to beat him to the punch? You know they're gonna try it. They're gonna give it a shot. I don't give a fuck. I want everything out here. I mean, I can't yeah. cover everything that night, but like it'd be fun. But yeah, uh, but as of right now, the Abu Dhabi card is it's we knew it was gonna be a, a big card. So and then rumors for New York. What the two main. Fights main and co main. Well, we got John, John Jones, Stipe. We got well, that's not rumor, it was confirmed. Yeah, John Jones is going to kill Stipe Miocic. Stipe 40 41, right? Yeah, Stipe's like, man, every interview, every time he talks, I'm like, yo, is he like slowly developing CT and hasn't been punched? Yeah, it's not good hearing him. Nah, it, like a weird slur going. I just, just took it as like a Cleveland accent, but nah, it's getting bro. thicker and thicker. John Jones has this is his last UFC fight, and he's going to retire. He's got nothing else to do. He's not fighting Tom Aspinall. I mean, we just saw Aspinall talking shit. I think he might fight Aspinall. Nah, I don't think John's really interested in that shit. I think if they pay him enough, he's interested in a lot. I mean, how much do you have to pay him? A lot. You, my question becomes, 10 mil, by the way, do you want an exact answer? But John Jones hasn't made generational wealth money, and he has very big vices that don't allow you to really stack money. It's much like Oscar De La Hoya, but at least Oscar De La Hoya is like promotional company. Well, he made a lot of money too. Yeah, but he made, again, he made a ton of money. But he's on like divorce 
three, mm-hmm. fiance four, and still promoting all these fights and trapping Ryan in because like I'm not sure how much of the boxing money Oscar has left. John doesn't have a future as a promoter. So you got you gotta yeah. fight until you can fight. Cause shit's gonna hit the fan. John Jones has done a lot when he's had a lot of distractions to keep him in line. When you're at home every day and you don't fight and you don't gotta go to the gym and I fear what John Jones becomes when he stops fighting. Mm, I agree. I just don't know if he's interested in fighting Aspinall. The it's it's so funny though because we just talking about John Jones making general generational money. You know who's making generational money? Francis Ngannou. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John talking all that shit. Francis like fuck gotcha. you. I'm out. He fighting Tyson Fury. He don't care if he gets his ass whipped. He gonna make more money than John made in his entire career in one night. Eh, probably not more. John's made a lot of money. Pretty even. But yeah, so I'm saying in one night of getting your ass kicked, you don't make more. And John, we're talking about John fighting again. Saudi money. So I'm saying he's getting the sports washing money. Yeah. And Without cutting the UFC in on anything. It's crazy. Straight Saudi money. Straight cash, homie. Good good for Francis. And then co-main Leon Colby. Fuck. Like. God, the racism will be strong on this particular night. Oh. It's two black fighters, there's two white fighters, Kobe and May. USA chance. <laughs> oh, there's going to be so many US, USA chance. Trump, they're probably going to trot Trump out there. It's New York. Of course Trump's uh, going to be. It's New York. Uh, it's Trump Towers is right there. Disgusting. I'm skipping a jump. I'm, I promise you fucking Dana White helped Trump hide the papers in Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. Like, it's, it's Dana's. The man didn't even hide the papers. I think all the papers came out. They didn't. They just stuck them in the shower and like files <laughs> and shit. And it was like, ah, what are you talking about? Go Who's hiding it. these papers? No, he'll be at the pay-per-view, I think. I think uh, New York always has a good turnout. For Leon, like that's a decent place to fight if you're not fighting Le- in the year. God, I hope Leon wins. I, I don't know how get, he can. I know. Win. Just can we get Kobe Covington out of here, please? But I think Kobe's a better fighter than Leon. Again, is a good I fighter. pick against Leon all the time. Kobe Covington is a good fighter. He is. Like, he is a very good fighter. As much shit as we talk about him, the dude no, he's can a fight. Very good fighter. Yeah. I just want him to fucking lose so he can shut the fuck up. I'm so sick of that dude. Kamayev didn't fuck up and couldn't make weight. Like, he just murdered them all. Yes. And now he's up in a different division, pissing me off. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like Kamayev problematic too like he probably hates gay people like this i'm just making shit up but he just seems like the guy that there's something in his past i'm not counting anyone in combat sports as a choir boy that's true so everyone in combat sports is suspect until proven otherwise yeah, that's true uh dustin party his side that yeah. guy seems like a saint man makes hot sauce yes me. so his hot sauce is delicious i got it in my I crib mean. right now you got to get the diamond one phenomenal uh, but this is not an ad for Dustin Poirier. Please sponsor the show if you can. Uh, right now, we're going to take a break. Come back with our guest to close out the show. It's been one hell of a show. Thank you, Chris, for joining us, enlightening the audience on all things Salt Lake City. Yeah, Chris, We thanks. appreciate you. Uh, we've learned more. We've grown today because of you. Thank you guys so much. Follow Carissa on social media. It's What is your at name? At Chris Maxwell with a K and one S. Oh, see. Look at this. Real name, no gimmicks. Uh, so, just like myself, old man Andreas Hell. Yeah. You guys can follow all of us. Don't go anywhere. We have our guest coming up next. We'll be right back after this. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What up, everybody? As promised, we have our guest from UFC 291 going down this weekend in Salt Lake City, Trevin Giles, joining us on the Corner Podcast, main eventing the prelims this week. Trevin, thanks, man, taking some time out. The beard is luxurious right now. You look fight week ready. <laughs> look fight week ready. Um, I know it's a lot of training, a lot of stuff going into this fight. You're on a two-fight winning streak coming into this. And this is really a prominent position, right? This is where they put people to really make a statement, to be exciting, to get people to buy the pay-per-view. How are you feeling coming into this? And do you feel like, all right, man, there's a lot of eyes on me. This is the last free fight. Do you feel they're putting you in that position to be like, yo, go put a show on for us? Yeah, I think any time that, uh, that, that you, you get the last spot on the prelims, it, it's, it's kind of you um, – they're, they're looking for you to put a stamp on the the prelims, you know, um, which I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, it really doesn't affect me much. You know, I'm going to go out there and fight just as hard as I would usually, you know. So um, it's, a, it's a nice, it's a cool little spot. I'd rather be on the main card. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, yeah, that, that, I, I get it. But I want to ask you, man, because you're 2-0 at welterweight. How, what made you come all the, he was at light heavyweight once a time, upon a time, bro. Like, how did you come all the way down to welterweight? How hard has that weight cut been for you? So I'm two and one. Um, I lost one at, at welterweight. Oh, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's easy for me now. Um, I mean, as you fight and, and I mean, I was never a, a, a light heavyweight. Um, I took it because it was an opportunity and it was, a, and the UFC was giving me the, the opportunity. So <clears throat> I didn't care what weight class they, they tried to put me in. And I accepted that 205, even though I was a 185 er put on a little bit of weight um, and just, and just got it done. But as you train, you kind of get lighter and lighter. Um, you know, the competition gets uh, more difficult as you go, you know, so you work out harder, you get, more cardio as much as you can. And, and that kind of just leads you into to losing weight naturally. Um, and I felt like I could make the cut to 170. So after a few uh, 185 fights, I, I went to 170 and I feel good here. Do you feel like this is your ideal weight class? Because we hear so many people, a lot of people who aren't fighters, saying that fighters shouldn't cut weight, they should fight at their natural weight class all of that stuff. Do you feel like this is your optimal weight class though? Do you feel like this is where you're the biggest, the fastest, the strongest that you can be? Yeah, I was undersized at, uh, at middleweight. Um, a lot of those guys were, were very strong. Anytime we get in a grappling situation, I could feel the strength and the, and, and the weight. I think they were putting on a lot more weight than I was uh, when it was time to rehydrate and eat and everything. So fight night, I, I felt like guys were heavier than I was. Um, and for the most part, I mean, this in this sport, the fighters are just getting taller and taller, you know. So I was usually the shorter guy. So I figured, you know, why am I giving people that edge? Uh, let's let's see about making the cut. And uh, 
and then have some length myself. So let's talk about your opponent, Gabriel Bonfim. Uh, this is a guy doesn't have a Wikipedia page, but <laughs> seems like he could fight. What do you know about him and, you know, how's preparation going heading into this fight? Um, I know he's the next fight, man. I mean, it's, there's always some other guy that's, that's looking to beat you or you're, you know, everybody's got their plans on uh, what they want to do with their careers. And sometimes you kind of line up in other people's plans. So that's all he is uh, for me. Uh, he's in my way. I'm in his way. Um, and I mean, I, I've seen that he had boxing matches and stuff. Um, he's, I mean, he's not, he's not a bad fighter at all. I mean, I, I watch him fight. He, he seems like he has some, some confidence in his hands once, once he gets going. Um, and then he kind of sneaks a takedown on people once he touches them a few times. Um, but uh, everybody can be hurt. And um, I, I have faith in my, my grappling and my boxing. And I just think I'm the better, the better fighter. So I'm going to go out there and show that uh, Saturday night. When the UFC offers you a fight like this, especially against a guy who's 14 and 0, he's 25 years old, a lot of people would feel like, okay, are they trying to put me into a gatekeeper role, right? Like, am I here to really put this guy over? Does that put a chip on your shoulder at all when you see this come across and be like, okay, like you think that this guy is the real deal. You're trying to test him against me, but I'm going to show everyone that I'm still better than him and y'all messed up on this booking. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they do, man. I mean, it's, I don't have a doubt that, that, uh, that that's what they're doing as far as I'm concerned. And I feel like, um, to me, it's, it's somewhat of a compliment, right? Because they think a guy is good and they're like, okay, well, let's, let's find a, a good UFC fighter. Somebody that's a real test for them and they choose me and they chose me to do it. You know, um, I don't want to forever be that, you know, but for right now it's okay with me. Um, I'll, I'll win this fight and then go on to, to, to talk about some, some rank names that I want next. Yeah. I was going to ask man, if you get this dub, do you, do you have targets that are in the top 15 that you're looking to call out? Do you believe in calling fighters out? Some people are really weird about this. They don't like calling fighters out because they feel like they don't get the fight anyway. But do you believe in that, calling fighters out? Uh, I, I think, to me, it's just uh, there's a way to do stuff. I mean, if I call somebody out, I'm not trying to talk down on them or, or you know, all that other crap that comes with it just because I feel like it's a good fight. Um. So I, I usually, ordinarily, I don't call anybody out. Uh, but I feel like if you kind of want to get things moving, you got to let the UFC know, well, what do you have in mind, right? Like give them something to think about to see if it makes sense to them. Um, and then maybe you can make that happen. But if you don't, then they'll just choose who they want to choose. Uh, and they may not think about that, uh, that fight that you want. All right, we need a spoiler alert then. We need to know who are you thinking about already like who's on your mind where you're like all right i'm locking this up this weekend i'm gonna get this win but who's on that radar where you're like you know what i, I want to match up with that guy i want that fight i'd like to get neil magnet mm. why because i think that he's a i think that he's a good fighter i think that he's uh he's respectable you know um and he's he's been there and 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 he's he's fought tough guys and I feel like this sport isn't about trying to pick easy fights or just try to pick somebody that you feel like you'll just run over or anything like that. Um, the guy's veteran. Um, I got respect for him and I feel like me and him match up well. Um, 
and I think that I, I think that I'll be in, able to impose my my boxing on them. Um, and I'm I'm pretty strong when you when you come into the clinch too. So um, I think I think that we're matched up pretty good. Um, and I'd be interested. I'd be interested to see how that fight plays out. No, we talk about Magny all the time, and that's he's he's the bar. That if you can beat him, you are going to be a contender in this division. If you can't, he's going to humble you real quick. So that's an amazing person to to set your sights on. Trevin, you're fighting this right. Salt, yeah. Yeah. Real quick, bro, you're fighting in Salt Lake City. I, I, I wanted to ask this because they did Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman in Salt Lake City, which I thought was the weirdest place to do that fight. Two black men in Salt Lake City just doesn't seem like the right place. But what is Salt like? You're fighting in Salt Lake. What's it like out there? Shit, I don't know. I just got here today. <laughs> um, I did. I just got here today. Um, I ain't really seen much, but kind of the inside of the hotel, you know, and then, you know, just doing our UFC obligations and, and all that other stuff, um, you know, for our check-in and all that. But I haven't, I mean, usually when we go anywhere, I can't, I can't really get a good feel of the city mm-hmm. because we're, we're out here for business, right? I mean, it's not like I can go around and, and eat good food and, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't really get a good, a good feel of the city. Cause like I said, I'm out here for work. Does the family ever travel with you? Or are you always dolo on these trips? Uh, my wife comes uh, the day of the fight. So she'll come out. So if you win, do you, do you plan on going out to sell it? I don't know what the fuck you do in Salt Lake city to celebrate, <laughs> but if you win, like, what are you, what are you going to do? Oh. Man, honestly, usually after my my fights, um, usually after my fights, I I just like to chill. I mean, that's enough. That's enough for me. That's enough action in one day. Um, I don't really want to be around a whole bunch of people after I fight. I kind of just want to be around my wife, my corner and stuff and hang out, eat, talk, you know, just chill uh, and then go home and party. I'd rather party in Houston. It's been a hard Every, place. Everybody would rather party in Houston well, well, than every, Salt Lake. Every, every black person would rather go back to Houston and party. Everybody I like Houston. Houston shit, shit. Food, barbecue, something. Can, all the way yeah. around is better in Salt Lake. Yeah, I don't know all if they the season their food in Salt Lake. I they got a one burger spot that is delicious. I'm not, I know you're cutting weight. I don't mean to do this to you. But they got one, <laughs> one burger place where they put pastrami on everything. It's delicious. That's the only thing good. Yeah, see, and I, I heard, see, and I was, I was skeptical about that. Uh, I was skeptical about that because my cornerman, one of my cornermen was looking that up and he said something about pastrami and he was just, and he was just kind of shaking his head at it. And then they had something called like Amish chicken or something like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't know I ain't doing that, was. but if he's looking, I'm not to trying eat. to dog sound like city or nothing like that. Cause <laughs> I don't, I don't know nothing about it yet. You know, who knows? I might find a gym out here, you know, something that's, that's nice. Tell no, you, but, uh, man, that that's the spot. Right yeah. <laughs> Pastrami on a burger. Don't eat anything else. Get in, get out. That's that's the only only place to go in Salt Lake City. So, last question before we actually get you out of here. Looking back at your resume before we talk to you today, you matched up and and had a fight already in the UFC at middleweight, but against Duplessis, who's now in position to have a title fight um, whenever he's ready. It seems like against Israel Adesanya, you've been in there with these high-caliber guys, these guys who are title challengers, title contenders. When you look back now, having all that experience, do you feel like you're close to being on that level? Do you feel like you're now, and this fight is going to catapult you to that spot where you're like, I've been in the octagon with guys who are world championship caliber. I'm now about to be there. 
I mean, for me, I, I already know that I am, you know, um, even before him. I mean, even when I fought uh, Drikus, I mean, I had miscalculations in that fight that uh, that cost me. Uh, but while we were fighting, I just I knew like he he was mine. Um, you know, I mean, in this sport, you make mistakes um, and you, you can get touched and, and you get knocked out. You can get submitted, you know. Um, but when we're in there, like tech, like as far as my technique and, and, and everything goes, I feel like he was primed to get finished, um, uh, before he actually caught me with a nice shot. So I don't think to me, um, I think that people, I think with him, people just have to give him, uh, more respect. Um, his, the way he fights kind of looks a little funny. So it kind of looks like, oh, well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he like he's not so smooth. He doesn't he doesn't look like super technical and stuff. He's kind of jittery and stuff. It looks like he's not and not that comfortable. He's like very wide eyed and stuff. So it, it kind of seems like, you know, you'll go in there and take him out. But he's still a powerful dude, you know, um, and he's in there to fight. I mean, no matter how he's feeling, he's in there and he's fighting, you know, so people have to respect that. I mean, that guy can touch him, put you down, you know, so um, I think a little bit of patience for me is all I needed. Uh, for that fight, a little bit of patience and a little bit more of uh, being being, uh, I guess, just going with my first mind instead of kind of just being in and out of of doing whatever, you know, attacking or, or defending. But um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I already know I'm there. Um, it's just a, it's just a matter of me getting the right fights um, and then capitalizing. No, nah, man, I, I love it. Can't wait to watch you fight this weekend. UFC 291, Salt Lake City, going down on Saturday. And can't wait to hear you call out Neil Magny because that, that's going to be one hell of a fight. And I think you guys do match up incredibly well. So thank you so much, everyone. Make sure you guys follow the fight. It's, it's free. It's the last free fight of the weekend. Yep. Even if you're not buying the pay-per-view, make sure you guys check it out. Trevin Giles fighting this weekend, Salt Lake City. Thank you so much. Everyone, we'll keep this short because it's the end of our MMA episode. Thank you, everyone here at Blue Wire Studios and the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Follow the Corner Podcast wherever you guys listen to podcasts and on all social media platforms. Follow myself, the old man, Andreas Hale, as well. Till next time, enjoy MMA, enjoy UFC. It's also a huge boxing weekend. We got that show coming up later on in the week. Man, Vegas is popping, so Lake City not maybe popping. popping. We we don't know. We'll see how that turns out. We appreciate you all. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.